fantastic. There's lots of chatter going on, lots of people thinking about what a promise is. Okay, I'm going to whiz around and find out what some of you have been talking about. Okay, Gordon, I'm going to come to you first this morning. Gordon, can you tell us um, what do you think promises? Can you think of any promises that you have made? I made the one great promise in my life. Was to marry this woman. Oh, to marry. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Your marriage promise, yeah. What a special promise that is. Um, okay, I'm going to come over here. Let's come over to you guys over here. What were you chatting about? Uh, what promise is uh, something that you make between uh, someone you actually want to have a connection with? So. Yeah, fantastic. A promise is made between someone that you want to have a connection with Okay, I'm going to whiz around here. Janet, I'm coming for your pearls of wisdom this morning. I promised to go out for lunch with Rose today. Fantastic. <laughs> what a lovely promise. I love it. I'm going to come, come over here to the back. Matt Shepard. <laughs> um, I also promised to love my husband, and I promised to follow Jesus, and that's part of my love for him. Yeah, fantastic. What the most amazing promise that lots of us share that are here this morning to follow Jesus. Excellent. Okay, I'm going to come to the come over here. Young guys at the front. Okay, Georgia. What? No. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, which, which one am I answering? What is the promise? Um, I was saying it's like when you say your yes is your yes and your no is your no. If you say yes to something, then it's pretty much a promise. Right. Okay, deep. We're getting deep this morning. Okay, I'm going to ask one more person. I'm going to come whizzing around over here. It's nice having a little run this morning, keep me fit. Um, Claire, good to have you back. What would you like to share? Well, I was thinking about the same scripture, yes, be yes and no, be no. But um, the biggest promise I've ever made is to follow Jesus, to give my life to him, to go where he tells me to go. And so that's a big part of my life right now as I move to another country. Yeah, fantastic. So Claire just explained quite a few promises that she's made to God, um, and that's an incredible promise to make. You know, I was thinking about other promises that we all make in our everyday lives, things like, um, did I go to brownies? And he made a little promise pledge. Yeah. Now, I didn't go to brownies because I went to an AOG church, which is like the church we're in now, and back in the day, before they had youth and children's teams, they had a youth organization called Missionettes. And you see, Missionettes, anyone else remember Missionettes? Give me a wave if you do. Not many people, Rachel and I. <laughs> so <laughs> basically, Missionettes was the equivalent of the church equivalent of brownies. Unfortunately, I don't have a special picture to put up of you um, in my uniform. But you went through daisies, which was like the equivalent of rainbows. Then you went through prims, and that was like brownies. And then you became a missionette. Now, you see, the problem for me was I was a prim when they decided they were not going to do missionettes anymore and they were going to do trendy youth clubs. I was devastated, devastated. But my prim's promise was... As a prim, I will be careful of what I say, where I go, and what I do, trying always to be my very best for the Lord Jesus because I love him. And we collected a disgusting pink, um, pink outfit we had to wear, with a pink sash and a pink little special hat. Um, but I loved going there, and that was what we did every week. We made this promise. 
you know, promises as children, when someone says they're going to promise to do something or promise, you know, after when we get home, I promise we're going to have some sweets when we get home. You know, those promises were like, you put everything into those promises. Those were the most amazing promises. If someone made a promise to you, you would make sure they followed it through. But promises also get broken. Our human promises that we make to each other, sometimes those promises do get broken. As children, it's absolutely devastating when that thing hasn't happened that's been promised. And as adults, we begin to realize that actually, not only are promises broken to us, but sometimes we break promises to others as well. By our friends, by our co-workers, between our families, just situations that we find ourselves in where sometimes those promises get broken. And we face that overwhelming sense of defeat, disappointment, devastation. And this morning, we can make human promises to each other. I love the fact that Janet said, I've promised Rose I'm going to go to lunch. She's going to stick through to that promise. But you know, whereas sometimes we can find ourselves in situations where maybe we've said we were going to do something, or we have, um, you know, for a long time said, oh, I'm going to get there, I'm going to do that, da, 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 da. And we just can't quite live up to it. I'm thankful this morning that in my human self, I know there are times I'm going to break a promise. Has anyone else broken a promise before? Thank you, all the honest people in the room this morning. But you know one thing I know for sure is that God always keeps his promises. His promises never fail because he is a faithful God. And his promises for us this morning are good. And he is always faithful to complete that which he promises to us. And I just wonder every day, are we living in expectation of God's promises? I believe this morning that God wants to shake away the doubt and maybe the disappointment that we face in our natural promises that sometimes get broken in our lives. And he wants to remind us this morning that his promises are always faithful. They are always full of hope. They are full of security. They are full of love. And those are solid promises and a foundation that we can stand on. It says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23, let's keep a firm grip on the promises that keep us going. God always keeps his word. And this morning, if you're sitting there and you're thinking, well, I'm not really sure... Where do I find these promises? How do I receive these promises? It all comes from the word of God. It's not kind of some fluffy thing that just comes and pops into our head. It's there, right in the Bible. I'm not going to be able to read them all because there are literally thousands and you have to discover them for yourself. I'm just going to highlight a few to you. 2 Peter 1 verse 4. God promises us that he's given us great and precious promises. Jeremiah 29, 11, one that we all know, for I know the plans I have for you. Matthew 11, God promises that he'll give us rest. Isaiah 40, he says he promises that we will find renewed strength this morning. Who needs some renewed strength this morning? It's there in the Bible. It's a promise to you. Philippians 4, that God will supply all of our needs. Romans 8, that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Proverbs 1 verse 33, that he wants to give us peace this morning. John 14 verse 27, he wants to give us peace of our minds and our hearts so that we will never be troubled or afraid. Romans 10, his promise of salvation. And in Ephesians, it reminds us that we are sealed with the promise 
of the Holy Spirit. And I've just jotted 10 down on, on a sheet of paper, and I've got some that um, you can take away with you at the end. But I just want to encourage you, if you're in a season of your life and you're thinking, I just can't like, get hold of these promises for my life, I'm just struggling to see the way through what I'm going through, just begin to read them each day and just, sp- just spend five minutes beginning to declare the promises of God. And I just want to encourage you, as you do that, your faith will rise. As you do that, you'll be lifted, and you'll just feel encouraged to go out and to walk in the promises of God. So here we are today, standing and looking at the promises of God. And whenever I think about God's promises, I always go back to the Bible and look for people who stood in the promises of God. And you don't have to look far Something, again, that many of you will be familiar with. But if you look in Hebrews chapter 11, there are countless examples of people who stood on the promises of God for their lives. And the thing with all of the people that are listed in, like, the hall of fame in Hebrews, most of those people never saw the fulfillment of all of the promises that God had for them. But what they chose to do, they chose to step out and they chose to walk in faith in what God had called them to. So Noah believed that God would send rain, even though he stood in a dry place. We're going to come back to him in a moment. Abraham, he was willing to leave for an unknown land and he trusted that God would keep his promise to make him a father of a great nation, even though his wife had no children. Sarah trusted in the faithfulness of God to keep his promise to her. Isaac blessed his sons and continued the tradition of faith. Jacob passed on the blessing and worshipped God. Joseph had faith that his people would return to the promised land. Moses led people against difficulties and, and against all odds. Rahab believed that the Israelites were God's people and she longed to join them. Gideon believed that God would use him to defeat his enemies even though he felt insignificant. Samson believed that God still would use him despite his mistakes. David believed that God can use even a young and small person. Samuel listened to God's instructions and obeyed them. Joshua led two million people into enemy territory and saw the the walls of Jericho come crashing down. You don't have to look far to see that time and time again, all of these people, despite how they felt about themselves, despite how insignificant they were, despite how they they just might have stood and saw these massive big situations in front of them, they chose to step out in faith. They chose to move. They started to make a difference because they knew and they trusted in the promises of God. And I want us to go back to Noah for a moment. So I just need someone to come and hold a rainbow for me. Any takers? Any takers? Thank you, Simon. Rainbow's just over there. So Simon's going to come and stand over here with the rainbow. This is one that the All-Stars have made earlier. It might need two of you, actually. Abraham, can you just join Simon for a second? And um, oh, they've actually written promises on here as well, the children. So they've written, God helps us when we need help. God gives us peace. God gives us all we need. God gives us eternal life. God has a good plan for my life. God is always with us and we don't need to fear. God gives us rest. We are God's children and God forgives us. Those are our kids saying those promises. I just think we should praise God that our kids are speaking out the promises of God. So when you take Noah, if you go to Genesis 6, you can read all about his story there. 
But Noah, whenever I think of the story of Noah and the ark, I don't know about you, but kind of this picture, which is going to come up behind me, is what I kind of think of. The rainbow, the ark, the animals coming out of the ark. And we're kind of here in this story. Whenever you think about Noah, does anyone else think about it like that? Noah, Noah's ark, rainbow. You see, the rainbow is the end promise. The rainbow is a sign that God is never going to flood the earth again. But you see, Noah has to go through a process. He has to pursue the promise, and it starts all the way over here. So, Noah, first of all, he knows God. And God looks across the earth to find one good person. The world is corrupt. People are doing all sorts of crazy things. It's immoral. And he's looking across the world with sadness, and he's saying, where is that one person? And it's Noah. And Noah is just and right in God's eyes. He knows God. So Noah is over here, and he knows God. He spends time in his presence. And in that moment, God speaks to Noah about building the ark. He gives him a download and says, this is what I want you to do. I see that you and your family, you're living right, and I'm going to choose you to build the ark. So he spends time in God's presence. So there's the promise. The first thing he does is he spends time in God's presence. Then he knows that God has given him a plan. And part of that plan means he needs to be prepared. You see, when God gave Noah the download and said, here is what I want you to do, he was spending time in God's presence, but he knew he had to move from just being in God's presence to then having God's presence with him so he could step in to the plan. And in order to be in the plan, he had to be prepared. You see, when Noah looked out, the next slide will show you, he just, this is what he saw. We can move on to the next one. This is what Noah saw. He's just been told, go and build an ark because I'm about to send a flood. And Noah is looking at this. You see, Noah could have been here. Thanks, God. Okay, I'm just going to sit here and wait for you to show me that this flood is going to happen. I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to sit here because Noah saw this. He saw dryness. He saw emptiness. There had never, ever been a flood before. And he could have just stayed there and thought, what am I going to do about this? But he didn't. Because he knew that he had to choose to build. Because he knew the future of what he chose to build would affect generations to come. So he stood there in the plan and the preparation of what God had given him to do. He started to gather the resources that he would need. And God gave him really clear instructions. So he goes from God's presence into God's plan and preparation. And then he begins to step into purpose. He starts to pick up his hammer. He gets his family around him and he's like, come on, we're going to build together. We're not going to just wait for the promise. We know the promise is coming, but we've got to do something about it. We need to pick up our tools and we need to start building. We need to start carrying that vision in our hearts, but we're doing that as we build. So we're going to stay in God's presence. We're going to carry his plan when we're prepared. And now we're going to step into his purpose. You see, all over this room this morning and downstairs right now, there are people that are doing exactly this. They are picking up their hammers and they're saying, we're not just going to stay in a place where we're in God's presence and just getting prepared. We're going to step into the purpose of God and we're going to pick up our tools and we're going to begin to use them. Because we know what our purpose is and we want to make a difference. There are a kids team right now downstairs who are pushing in to our kids 
some incredible truths. They're right there on that rainbow. But they are spending their time picking up their tools and saying, we're going to use our gifts and talents. We're going to give our time because we believe in the promises that God has for our children. It's the same with our youth team. It's the same with the people that right now downstairs are listening to this on the TV because they know that anyone could walk into the cafe right now. And there might be people that are just walking along the street right now that could walk in and they just need someone to talk to. The people in the cafe right now, they've picked up their tools and they're saying, we're going to be part of God's plans and purposes in this church. And I just want to encourage you, if you want to know more about what the plans and purposes are for this church, come along on Thursday night. Because we want to get to a place of promise, but in order to do that, we need to know God's presence, we need to be prepared, and then we need to step into his purposes and begin to pick up our tools and make a difference. So he goes from there, and then he's got this waiting period. Like when you read in Genesis 6, at the very beginning when God speaks to Noah, he's like 500 years old. By the time the flood actually comes, he's 600 like, that is a long time to wait for a flood. And I'm sure there were moments when I was like, God, are you really going to do this? Because all I can see out there right now is dry land. We go on to the next side. He, um, there we go. There it is, like the purpose. He's, he's getting, he's grafting, he's doing all the work. And then he just goes to this point when he has to wait. And he has to be patient. A hundred years to wait for something to happen. That's like a really, really long time. And he's patient, and he waits, and then the flood comes. But not only does he have to wait for the flood to come, when the flood arrives and they all get into the ark and they're safe, he then is still waiting in the ark thinking, God, this storm is crazy right now. This is just beating all around us. The animals are going a bit wild. We've all got cabin fever. God, I'm waiting for you to show me this promise because right now it's a bit smelly. I'm a bit fed up, and I've got so much going on. Can you just imagine if you were Noah in the ark? Like, it would have been really stinky. It wouldn't have been the best environment in the world. But knowing you, I've got to be patient because the promise is coming. And I'm sure he went back to this place many, many times. God, I'm just going to sit in your presence. I'm going to remind myself of what you've promised. The promise is over there, but I'm sitting right here and I'm going to rest in the middle of the storm. I'm going to rest in the middle of this place. If you jump into the New Testament, you go to another storm in Mark chapter 4. You see, Jesus had been preaching all day, and he'd been spending his time preaching and sharing all day long, and he was probably getting a bit tired. He says to his disciples, come on, let's jump in the boat, let's go to the other side over there. Jesus, he's so chilled out. He just finds the nearest pillow he can find on the boat, snuggles up, has a good sleep. Meanwhile, a storm is raging all around the disciples. They're all going a bit crazy because they're like, what are we going to do? We're going to drown. What's Jesus doing? He's falling asleep. And they're thinking, come on, Jesus, wake up and do something. Jesus gets up. Peace, be still. It's all it takes is those words to stop the wind and the waves and the storm. But the bit that gets me is the disciples. They're like, who is this man? Even the wind and waves obey him. See, Jesus knew that sometimes... It's going to take a storm for him to be able to re reveal his power. For us in our lives, there are storms that will come in our lives. There are things that will happen. And sometimes God takes us through those places because he wants us to have a fresh revelation of his power at work during those times in our lives. 
You see, Jesus also knew what was coming in Mark chapter 5. Because in Mark chapter 5, they get off the boat, they go to this village, they find a man who's demon-possessed called Legion, and um, Jesus sets him free. And then what happens is, he goes and he tells a whole new community in Decapolis about Jesus and about what has happened. You see, Jesus, when he got in that boat, even before the storm happened, he already knew what his purpose was. He always, we already knew that the promise was for salvation. That where he went, where he taught, where he was going, he knew that. So he had nothing to be afraid of. And in that place, he rested. And when we find in ourselves a place where maybe we're in a storm, like Noah was in the ark, he had to be patient. But he also found this incredible place of rest. I don't know what storm you find yourself in today, but God wants you to rest in his promises. Because as we rest in his promises, we're reminded of his plan. He shows us what we need to do to prepare ourselves. We begin to walk in his purpose. There are times when we're walking in his purpose and we have to be extremely patient, where storms might come and batter us, but we keep our eyes fixed on the promises of God. Because his promises are yes and Amen this morning. Thanks, guys. You can put the rainbow back down. You know, as a church, we're taking you through a journey this year. And um, we've been sharing that over the past few weeks. That you would know God. That you would find freedom. That you would discover your purpose. And that you would make a difference. If you can move on the slides, Alfie, that'd be great. And when we stand on God's promises, he is with us on this adventure that we would see people transformed, that they would know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. And you might be thinking, well, that's okay. I, I get it. I get the promises of God, and they are yes and amen. But how do I go about living in them day by day? The first thing I want to remind you this morning is to think big. God can do anything. You know far more than you can even imagine or guess or request beyond your wildest dreams, which I said earlier, but by working with us. And this morning, I want you to begin, I want to encourage you to begin to think big. Think big. God has got incredible plans and purposes for your life. I can guarantee this truth. Those who believe in me will do the things that I am doing. They will do even greater things because I'm going to the Father. That was Jesus' promise, one of Jesus' many promises in the Bible. He reminds us that there are greater things to come, that God has got a great plan and purpose for your life beyond what you can ever ask for or imagine. And I just want to encourage you in action this morning. What is the greatest thing that you can imagine God doing in your life? Right now, what is it? Maybe for some of you, it might be healing. Maybe for some of you, it might be provision. For some of you, you might be looking at a situation. You're like, God, if you could only just break through in this in my life. Take this into your prayer time every day this week and begin to believe in faith that God can do what he has promised. The next thing, start small. Um, if you've got a, um, if you're on this end, I think it's a row of him. If you're on this end, every other row, there's a little jar underneath the chair. And there's a little mustard seed inside it. So we just pass them along the row and just try and take one and put it on your finger. 
They are very, very tiny. See, sometimes we can look at faith and we think we have to have this amazing, massive, big faith. You can look at people that maybe you've heard speak or people that you look up to and you think, they've got so much faith. Their faith is enormous. They see incredible things happen. But look at what you're holding in your hand right now. What's on the tip of your finger? It says in the Bible that faith, as small as a mustard seed, which is what you're holding right now in your hand, faith, as small as a mustard seed, can move mountains. And what Jesus is saying, that whatever big mountain you might be facing, whatever might be going on in your life, all that you need is that tiny, tiny little seed of faith. And you can move mountains. I want to encourage you this morning, what is the tiny seed of faith in your life? What does that look like? Maybe this morning that's taking a step and saying yes to Jesus and wanting a relationship with him. For others, that tiny seed of faith might be just going to sit down and pray each day for one of those situations that you find yourself in. Just having the faith to say, God, this is how much faith I've got. It might not look like much, but I believe that that can move this mountain and this situation. Incredible that God can take that tiny seed of faith and do incredible things. If you look at a mustard tree, when it's fully grown, it's enormous. Even birds can rest in it. And that comes from that tiny, tiny seed. All it takes is a tiny, tiny bit of faith to say, God, I'm going to believe you. I'm going to trust you. And I'm going to walk in faith in this situation. Why not make a few moments this week just resting in God's goodness, reminding yourself this week of the promises of God. And by doing that, beginning to see that seed of faith grow in your life. The second thing is to um, tell God what you need. It says in Philippians 4 verse 6, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done Sometimes we can easily forget the promises of God in our lives. Even the ones that I shared at the beginning, you're probably like, yeah, I know that one or I've heard that one before. But sometimes we've just got to put those invisible places in our lives and begin to declare them. I'm just going to show you a picture. Um, this won't mean anything to you, but it means masses to me because this is my bedside light. And it says this, Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. I go to bed reading that every night and have done for the past two years because I totally believe that that is God's verse over my life in this season, that blessed is she, that God will fulfill his promises to her. And I can go to bed each night resting in that promise. And I want to encourage you, it might not be next to your bed, it might be on the fridge, it might be wherever it is that you know you're going to visibly see something, stick a post-it note up with some of those promises of God that you find in the Bible. Maybe just put them somewhere where you know you're going to stumble across them and read them, because God's promises are true. And the more we declare them, the more we step into them, the more we'll see God fill us with faith and break through into those situations. The next thing, forgiving those who have hurt us. You know... Promises get broken in our lives. Pain happens. Things hurt. We walk through the storms of life and can sometimes feel so battered by things that have gone on, by situations, by people. 
Ephesians 4 verse 32 says this, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Love keeps no record of wrongs. And if we really want to be people who step out in faith, if we want to be people who see the promise of God fulfilled in our lives, then just like Joshua, who took that army through and he saw those walls come crashing down, it was as people began to praise. It's as people began to see the promises of God released because of the way that they were going round and round and they were declaring his word. But I want to encourage you this morning that if you want to see the walls come crashing down in your own life, maybe those barriers that you've put up because of unforgiveness, or maybe things that have gone on that you're like, that promise has been broken to me, or I've been hurt and disappointed in the past, just encourage you this morning to forgive. Because the moment you forgive, you'll be set free. And God will begin to show you his promises in a brand new way. So have you been withholding forgiveness for someone? Maybe ask God this week to change your heart and give you power to forgive those who have hurt you. Because where there is forgiveness, there is freedom this morning. And the fourth thing, thanking God. You are my God, and I will thank you. You are my God, and I will praise you for your greatness. That something happens when we begin to declare and thank God for who he is in our lives. Even in the times when maybe we're not feeling so thankful, to begin to, begin to thank him and to praise him for his goodness, day in, day out. I don't know if you've ever done this before, but um, starting a gratitude list or a thank you jar where you just pop things in and you're like, thank you, God, for doing this in my life. Thank you, God, for your faithfulness. And just pulling those things out in those times when you're finding it tough, going, God, this is all the, these are all the things that I am thankful for. God's love is unconditional and his promises are true. There are many promises in the Bible where we have to act and we've got to do something about it. Malachi chapter 3 verse 10 says we have to bring our tithes to him if we want to see the windows of heaven open so in the context of our giving and when we're coming next week with our first fruits if we really want to see the windows of heaven open in our church if we really want to see God's promises fulfilled then we have to kind of do something about it and Josh said earlier we don't pay to come to church but what we do is we know God's presence and we know his presence in our lives. And we know his plan and his provision. And we know the promise at the end is that we will see more people find God and follow Jesus. So when we know his presence and we know his plan is for that to happen, then the purpose behind that, and the purpose of our vision, and the purpose of us coming to bring our first fruits is so that that can be released and that can be achieved. So picking up the hammer in the context of our giving isn't really picking up the hammer, it's picking up our purse, but... Is saying, okay, God, what can I give to you? What can I bring that will enable me to see your promise and to see your plans and purposes accomplished? There's a song that we've been singing for several weeks now, and I get the band to come up. And it's a song that declares that all God's promises are yes and amen. 2 Corinthians 1 verse 20 says, For all God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes, and through Christ... Are amen, which means yes, so be it. And do you know God has already said yes to the promises in your life? Because his promises are in his word. And the Bible is full of truth and it's full of promises for you. And the promises of God in your life are yes and amen. We've got to begin to declare them, we've got to begin to stand upon them. 
And we've got to stop burying them as if they don't exist. Because there might be people here this morning and you've known God's promises in your life. You've stood on promises of God before in your life, but disappointment has risen up. Things have got in the way. Maybe just stuff has happened and you're like, I just can't, I just can't see it. There may be some people this morning and those promises have just completely died. They're like, oh, I used to once live in this, but now it's dead, it's, it's finished. You know, on the day that Jesus died on the cross, there were hundreds and thousands of people that they had watched Jesus' life and his ministry, and they knew that he was the promised Messiah. And on that day when Jesus died, they were like, what are we going to do now? And the promise, Jesus, is put in a tomb. The stones rolled in front of it. And people are there thinking, we don't understand. Why has this happened? But what we know is that they get through day two and they get to day three and that tomb bursts open and the promise of salvation, the promise of new life, the promise of resurrection comes through Jesus who rises from the dead and lives. And this morning, if there are promises in your life that have died, these things that have come, and you're like, I just don't believe that for myself anymore. I believe this morning that Jesus wants to take you from a place of death to a place of resurrection this morning, to a place where you can stand in his promises once again and see those release upon your life. And I want to encourage you this morning, if that's you, begin to stand once again in the word of God. Begin to stand once again in the promises for your life because he has a plan and a purpose for your life and it's time to rise up in those promises. But ultimately, the only way that we can experience this God's promise in all their fullness is when we have an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ. If we really want to know God's promises, we need to have a relationship with him. Only Jesus can forgive us for our past and can give us a fresh start today and a hope for the future. And we're just going to close our eyes for a moment and spend a few moments praying. And if you're here today and you know that you want to know God's promises in your life, but maybe you don't know Jesus, you don't have a relationship with him. Whether it's for the first time or you're returning to him this morning, God wants a relationship with you and that's found through Jesus. And I'm going to pray a prayer. And if you pray this prayer this morning with me, then I would love to chat to you after. Dear Jesus, thank you that your word is filled of promises. I recognize my need for you and I ask that you would forgive me for all my sins, that you'd give me a fresh start today and hope for the future. I want to be a follower of Jesus Christ every single day for the rest of my life and know the promises of God are yes and amen. In Jesus' name.